gentlemen, and welcome to the third edition now of the Sinbin podcast on the Sports Fluent Network. I'm Joe Trentley from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. He's Mitch Bannon from Toronto, Ontario. He's feeling a little down today. That's what we're going to get right into here. On the, uh, I'll go with my leadoff first here as the United States wins gold at the World Juniors, defeating Canada 2-0, their first gold medal since 2017, and their fifth gold medal overall at the World Juniors, being told that they should have fun with the silver medal. And second place is okay. And better than bronze. Virtually. Better than bronze. If, if I have to read a text message here from Mitch Bannon uh, the other night, I believe it said, uh, no chance. I'm taking Canada by a million, I believe is what it said. I'd have to double check that. I cannot confirm or deny if that's Cannot confirm saying. or deny that. But I'll, I'll have to get, double check that and get back to you guys. So United States wins gold over Canada. That is my leadoff. Mitch, I'll let you get to yours. I'll start my leadoff off. Hat tip to Spencer Knight, legend. Going to back up Sergei Bobrovsky for years and probably should be the starter. Looks sick. Also, just hat tip generally to the Team USA game plan. They didn't let Canada get to the middle at all. Defense was sick. Didn't let up any really good scoring shots. I don't know if anyone watched the TSN stream, but they have their little like home plate shots thing now, which is like good scoring opportunities. Canada had like six the whole game, and they usually have 40. Uh, but I'm going to use quickly my minute. Maybe not so quickly. We'll bring up in post, I'll bring up the Canadian National Anthem right now. And I'm just going to list off the uh, Team Canada gold men's hockey uh, Olympic winning teams. <laughs> okay. We'll start with 1920 Antwerp, uh, 1924 Chamonix, 1928 St. Moritz, 1932 Lake Placid, 1948 St. Moritz again, 1952 Oslo. Okay. There's a bit of a lull period here. We skipped to 2002 Salt Lake City. Uh, a bit of a they didn't lull period. You mean 50 play. years? Yeah, they didn't let the NHL play. But we skip over that. Time. It's the <laughs> 2010 Vancouver Electrical. 2014 Sochi. And we have not won since, but that's because Gary Bettman is screwing over the, uh, the hockey community and not letting the NHL players play again. So prediction, next Winter Olympics. We'll add another one to the list. All right. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> But as of right now, the United States wins gold in Edmonton. So we got a lot for you guys to talk about today. This is primarily going to be a football episode. Uh, Mitch and I are going to dive into a little bit of the college football playoff and touch briefly maybe on the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith. Uh, And then we're going to get right into week 17, what happened, what didn't happen, what went wrong, what went right, and the playoff matchups that we have coming up on this wild wild card weekend as they are calling it mitch a, a, a matchup on nickelodeon i saw is partnering with cbs so very interesting but first we'll get to the college football uh, playoff semifinals that happened and the first matchup we all figured it was gonna go down like this alabama defeating notre dame 31 14 and then alabama taking care or uh excuse me ohio state taking care of clemson in an upset. Uh, a lot of people did not think that would happen, but we'll talk about that next. But first, uh, Alabama and Notre Dame, Mitch, really no surprise. Uh, the key stat I thought, though, you know, I, I, I thought Notre Dame played well uh, or better than I, than I expected. Um, I, I it was expecting a full-on blowout, uh, as it has, you know, as history has told us in the uh, recent um, New Year's Six and playoff games that they have played in the big-time games. But 31 to 14 and really should have been 31 21. Uh, 
the Irish scored a touchdown and got called for an illegal shift because the running back came out of the backfield and wasn't set as a receiver. Uh, but And then Book found Michael Mayer in the end zone for a wide-open touchdown. So it should have been a 10-point game. Um, but 31-14 wasn't that bad. The, the offense was moving down the field. They got the running game going a little bit. Um, it, it just ultimately came down to Ian Book's interception in the second half, and then the Tide kind of took it from there. The interesting stat that I found from this whole thing is Alabama had the longest streak in the FBS of consecutive games with at least 35 point, uh, points scored, and it was 24 games, so two years. And Notre Dame was the first team to hold them under 35 points in virtually two years. Uh, but that doesn't matter because everybody's going to talk about how the Irish didn't deserve to be there and how they got blown out, even though Texas A&M was the fifth team and lost to Alabama by 28 earlier in the year. But I'm going to get your thoughts on that game. Um, and it, it was – was it what you expected? Was it better? Was it worse? Was what, – what do you do think? Yeah, I think it was almost kind of a bit better than I expected. I think Notre Dame – Usually when they play Alabama, usually when they get to these moments, they kind of look like they don't have a game plan. Maybe for the first couple drives, they're in it. Halftime, they're kind of in it. And then it just all falls apart. But Notre Dame, I don't think they can go home dissatisfied with how they showed up. They had a game plan. If you keep it within two scores, they had a chance to make it a one-score game at the end of the game. Like, that's all you can really kind of hope for. And I don't think anyone would have done better. Maybe Coastal Carolina, we'll never know. Maybe they beat Alabama by 35, but that was never going to happen. So I think of the teams that realistically could have got in. This is its kind of sad to say it. This is as close of a game as we could have possibly wanted. Yeah, and, and you're looking at that offense with three of the five, three of the four, no, excuse me, three of the five top five Heisman finishes, mm-hmm. or finalists, I should say, in the Heisman running. Devontae Swit, uh, Smith, really touching on that really quick. Devontae Smith winning the Heisman. He is the first wide receiver to do so since Desmond Howard in 1991. Was it really a surprise? We mentioned it as like a possibility. I think this was just like an interesting Heisman year because like teams played five games. Teams didn't. Uh, some guys who we thought were like locks. Justin Field wasn't even really in contention. Um, but I think is well-deserved. I think more the fact that a wide receiver won was surprising to me than the fact that he won. I think he was deserving. I was just surprised to see the voters willing to give a wide receiver the award. And now moving to the second game, you know, Mitch, you and I made predictions last show, um, and we were both wrong. We both predicted Alabama-Clemson. We've been wrong about something in every single show. Yeah, yeah, that's no surprise. But Clemson coming out looking flat-footed. Ohio State really took it to Clemson. A lot of people said they didn't deserve to be there, shouldn't have been there, only playing six games. And they took that personally. Uh, Dabo Sweeney ranking them 11th in his personal coaches poll they took that personally and boy did they ever take that personally putting up big numbers beating Clemson by a lot Justin Fields throwing six touchdown passes and Ohio State just firing on all cylinders and moving to the national championship to face Alabama what did you think of that game any surprises well yeah the whole game was definitely a surprise to me but it was fun like it was I like seeing the upsets like that because especially when you think uh, Clemson, I think was like a a touchdown favorite, which is a pretty sizable margin when we get to important games like this. Um, When you see Ohio state, I think went up 14. I'm like, Clemson probably still going to win. Like that's how convinced I was that Clemson was the better team. And I think a lot of people probably thought that. Um, And I think you kind of, I looked at the Ohio state team as a team that kind of made mistakes 
uh, and it was Clemson that made the mistakes. And I thought that was um, kind of interesting to see. And I, I am genuinely curious how much Dabo kind of uh, shitting on Ohio State, saying they were the 11th best team, kind of played into it. I'm always curious how much that actually factors in because Ohio State was going to want to win this game anyways. But I wonder if Dabo really getting out there and trying to pour salt in their wound of only playing six games got to them and motivated them. Yep. So we now we have it uh, Monday night. Ohio State and Alabama in the national championship. Real quick, who you got? I got the Crimson Tide still. I just don't think – you know, Ohio State played very well against Clemson. Uh, I just don't think anybody can stop that that three-horseman offense. It's it's unbelievable. Najee Harris, Mac Jones, and Devontae Smith. Uh, virtually, they, they can score any way they want to, whenever they want to. Yeah, I think Jones and Smith are going to draw a lot of attention, but I think Harris is the guy I'd be most scared of. I think he could just rush for 300 yards and just take the game in his own hands. And if you have a guy like that, who if Alabama gets up, it's essentially over because they can just hand him the ball. He'll get five yards of carry and the game's over. You just drive down the field, munch the entire clock and, and you walk away a national champion. I think I've gone with my gut in the past. And as we've just said, we've been wrong. We were wrong about the Wizards. We were wrong about, uh, we were wrong about the one semifinal matchup last week. I'm going to say Justin Fields, Ohio State, wins the national championship. Wow. I think Justin Fields is going to be the real deal. I think the Jets should hire Greg Roman, offensive coordinator of the Ravens, draft Justin Fields, maybe draft Travis Etienne at the end of the first round, maybe draft Najee Harris at the end of the first round. Just become a super fun offense. Uh, and I think this is the moment. Justin Fields isn't going to get taken first overall, but if he wins this national championship, Jets fans should be like, okay, we're over Trevor Lawrence. We're all in on this guy. So you heard it here first. Mitch taking the Buckeyes. I am taking the Crimson Tide. We'll find out Monday night. But I'm going to be wrong again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, moving on to the uh, big boys here, the NFL. Week 17 was a roller coaster, to say the least. Uh, I think the most surprising headline that we can get to is what – were Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagles doing on Sunday night football? I what watching that game, you know, the scenario, the stakes for playoffs for, for Washington, they win their in, but New York giants nation, you know, the team, the fans all holding their breath, rooting for the Eagles, the giants Twitter page, even tweeting out, can't believe we're saying this, but hashtag fly Eagles fly, you know, it's bad. When, when that happens and Doug Peterson deciding to bring in Nate Sudfeld in the third quarter. And it just went all downhill from there. Uh, uh, an interception, a, a muff snap, a fumble recovery for Washington. And it, the game was still close. Um, now there, there are people who are out there who say on the Eagles side and, and to Peterson's defense, you know, Jalen hurts at that point was seven of 20 for 70 yards in an interception, which yeah. Bad, very bad. And if the Eagles lose that game, they jump up three draft picks, which could ultimately decide them <laughs> getting a very good wide receiver in Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, or Jalen Waddell. So, you know, a lot of people said, oh, well, he, you know, Eagles fans will say, well, he made the right decision. You know, maybe, maybe some, some other side of Eagles fans saying, well, we want to win the game. You know, our pride's on the line regardless. We should go out there and win the football game, or you should always go out there and try to win the football game no matter what the circumstances are. 
And then the Giants fans are just sitting there like, is this really happening on live television in front of our eyes? Or are we really just going to get past the fact that he is intentionally trying to throw the game, you know, maybe to keep us out of the playoffs, maybe not to keep us out of the playoffs, but he had his reasons. And, and ultimately, Washington is going to the playoffs and hosting Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, Mitch. What were your thoughts on that Sunday night game? It was like I had literally nothing invested in the game. I wasn't watching for any particular reason other than the fact that it was the only football game on that night. And it was painful to watch, genuinely painful. I think probably if you asked me who I would have wanted to win the NFC East, purely for a storyline uh, perspective, I probably would have chosen Washington. Mm-hmm. Chase Young's fun. Alex Smith, good story. Riverboat Ron. Yeah, exactly. Love Ron Rivera. Fun guy. I think I would have chosen them, but I was sitting there. It was painful to watch what the Eagles were doing because it's just like I could not imagine being a Giants fan. They had every opportunity to make the playoffs with that game. Philly could have easily won that game, and they just did everything wrong. There was like the interception, the fumble, the like three fumbles on the one play. It was just like a a ridiculously cringy game to watch, and it was was good because it gave us something to talk about at the end of a week 17, which is always what we want. But I think it kind of comes back to the fact that Give us a week, give us a couple days of room. Realistically, Giants and uh, Washington football team aren't going to do anything in place. Maybe, maybe they upset one team. I think that's probably their max. Um, But I think, like, if you're a Giants fan, you want to make a playoffs, just win seven games. Like, you're not asking for a whole lot. (laughs) There's so many different skeptics and and ways to look at, you know, oh, well, the Giants, like you just said, well, if the Giants would have just won another football game, they would have been in. You know, that's, that's on them. I, I, I can agree with that. Obviously, you, want to, you have to win as many football games as you can to try and get in the playoffs. But when it comes down to that, you know, I know you, rely on, you have to rely on another team. It sucks because things like this happen. Um, and even though Hertz was still 7 of 20 for 70 yards and a pick, he's still clearly the better option than Nate Sudfeld. You know, he's going to be the starter there with Carson Wentz heading out of town next year. So, He's he, and he's going to be the starter there for the foreseeable future. Sudfeld's so, plays were all just take the snap, roll out, throw it yep. out of bounds. He did this yep. over and over and over. Yeah, or throw it to the other team. Yeah, or give it too. to the other team. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, now we'll dive into the playoff matchups. Um, we'll start. We'll actually start right there. Uh, Washington getting in, and they host <laughs> Tom Brady, the six-time Super Bowl champion, Tom Brady. With his new team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Mitch, what, what do you think? I'll write down our game picks here for each wild card matchup, and then we'll go from there as the weeks go on and see, you know, who can predict the right things. But, you know, this Washington team has a great defensive line. They have a solid overall defense. Um, Alex Smith in the offense didn't look particularly good in that Philadelphia game. Uh, not really the way that you want to send or, you know, go into the playoffs, but you live to fight another week, and you get a home, you, you get to host the playoff game, which means no travel. Um, but you welcome in the six-time Super Bowl champ and and a Buccaneers offense now, possibly without Mike Evans. Uh, but the Bucks defense also very elite as well. So, what do you what do you predict for that matchup? I think yeah, I won't spend too long on this one because I think it's probably one that everyone's gonna agree on. But I think the interesting thing is Evans probably going to play from what I've heard but he could not and that'd be a big loss except for the fact that they just have like a thousand other passing weapons I think Devin White is questionable for the game maybe doubtful for the game and I think that's a big loss 
uh, especially I'm sure Washington's game plan is going to be screen pass, run the ball, easy plays, possession battle, which is not really a game you can play against Tom Brady because he can just score in 45 seconds, uh, even with, with like his aging arm. So I think probably multi-possession win for the Buccaneers. But I, I think this one will be close at the end of the first quarter and it'll give NFL Twitter a little bit of, ooh, is this going to happen? But then it won't end up close. I agree with you. I also think the Bucks win this football game. Um, I really don't see any surprises. Again, the the only way I can see is if the Washington defense gets a touchdown or two uh, off of a turnover, pick six, or a fumble recovery, or special teams, you know, punt return or kick return. Other than Brady that, Brady lost I, last year. Yeah, he did. Uh, I just don't see that happening again. Um, I, I see the Bucks going to the nation's capital and taking care of business um, and, and moving on in the playoffs. So. Does home field advantage even play into this for you? Like I, that I don't really care about the home field advantage. Yeah, I, like, and we discussed that before. The home field isn't the same this year as it has been in years past. There's, you know, different states have different regulations on how many fans are allowed in. You know, you have you have a, well, the Cowboys aren't in the playoffs, so I'll use the Chiefs as an example. You know, uh, Arrowhead Stadium, you'll see thousands of fans in there. But then, you know, you look at certain stadiums who have no fans. Uh, Seattle. I would assume DC is one of those. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I don't believe I've seen fans in DC. So um, we'll stick with the NFC here. Uh, we'll go with the Chicago Bears getting in. They they lost in their Week 17 matchup, but it didn't matter because Kyler Murray went down in the Arizona LA game, and the Cardinals lost that game. So the Bears got in even with the loss. Uh, they they go to New Orleans uh, to face the number two seed in the NFC. Um, uh, how much confidence do you have in this Bears team, Mitch? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody really wants to see Mitch Trubisky play off football, uh, especially heading to the Dome. But they, they're in regardless. Um, but what, what, do you, what do you predict here for Bears Saints? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I think I was looking through the lines when they first came out, and I, like, penciled this one. And it was like, oh, Bears could cover this. But, like, the more I think about it, like, I think this game is probably going to come – it's going to be a Saints win no matter what. I think the question on everyone's mind is going to be how does Drew Brees look and what does that mean for their Super Bowl aspirations? Uh, I think we want to see what Drew Brees looks like and what that means for their Super Bowl. Uh, I, I think he, if he comes out and he's Drew Brees, the Drew Brees we know uh, he can be, especially in playoff time, probably 15, 20 point Saints win. I just don't see, I don't even think the Saints are necessarily going to score many more than 25, 35 points. I cannot see the Chicago Bears offense scoring more than 15 points. And you can't yeah. win a playoff game like that. I, I agree with you. I think the Saints win this one. I don't think it's very close. Um, the Saints offense has struggled with Drew Brees at the helm. Um, he has not looked particularly good this season. Uh, you can tell, you know, he age is becoming a factor. Um, and, and that offense can still score. He has the weapons. He has Alvin Kamara, who's a top th top five running back in the league. He has Michael Thomas when healthy. Now he's he's not in, obviously, for the playoffs. But when healthy, you know, he still has a good receiving core. Jared Cook's a solid tight end. Emmanuel Sanders is a, is a solid receiver. Uh, he, he still has the pieces, but – and their defense is, is fantastic. Underrated, so, very underrated. Uh, very underrated defense. Uh, very great two-way team. Sean Payton has <laughs> – all of the playoff experience in the world, uh, even though certain things might have not gone the Saints' way in the past. Uh, I, I think the Saints win this one. Um, 
I don't think it's going to be close, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout either just because of the offensive struggles that Drew Brees has had this year. Uh, I say maybe, you know, a 10 to 10 to 17 point game. I can see the Saints winning by. Uh, so I have that. And then we'll go to the last wild card game of the NFC. This one's a very interesting one, Mitch. A divisional matchup out of the NFC West. We have the NFC West champs, the Seattle Seahawks, hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rams getting in. Uh, a lot of people, do, you know, I know, I know a very diehard Rams fan that didn't expect them to be in this position. Um, and they took care of business and they got in, uh, beating Arizona. So do you think, you know, Russell Wilson had his struggles in the second half of the season. There's no doubt about it. He was one of the front runners for MVP throughout the first half, the first six or seven games or so. His numbers were absolutely incredible and unbelievable. I believe Seattle got off to a 6-0 start, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was uh, or, the MVP or, front runner. Or one loss, I, I, I can't remember. Maybe not undefeated, but it was a very good record, to say the least. Um, and, and now the Rams go to the Hawks' nest and, and face a Seattle team, which their offense can score it whatever, whenever they want. Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you know, Will Disley, you name it. They can score whenever they want. Um, do you think there's any chance for the Rams? You know, their defense is a very, very good defense. They have the best defensive player in football and Aaron Donald. Well, we'll find out. Uh, but wow, that was a defense. big admittance for a Steelers fan. TJ Watt, that's on the record. TJ Watt. No, we, I, said, I said, well, we'll find out. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about overall over the past, you know, X amount of years. Um, record, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and Jalen Ramsey out of out corner. Uh, we'll see what the Rams can do, but do you think the Rams go in and pull off the upset in Seattle? Um, I think the first question mark for me is, I don't even know if Jared Goff is going to play. Didn't yeah. play last week. Um, it looks like from what I've seen, he's kind of practicing. He's throwing in practice. <laughs> to hope your quarterback's throwing. Um, if he doesn't play, it won't even be close. But I think, and, and that's not like Jared Goff's an elite quarterback, but like you need a quarterback in playoff time, especially to go up against an offensive powerhouse like the Seahawks. Um, I like the Rams a lot this year, like a lot. I love what they do on defense. I think they're one of the best defensive teams we've seen in the last couple of years. Um, and I, this is tough. You're putting me on the spot here because I haven't really thought about this game. This is the one game I have, like, I don't know. I think I'm going to pick the Rams because I, I like them so much that why not? I would want to see them win, so I'm going to choose the team I want to win. And I think it's just the Seahawks have been such a flawed team all season. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I'm going to go the opposite way. Uh, that way we at least have a pick where we don't disagree or where we uh, disagree. Uh, I also think Seattle's going to win this football game. Like you said, Jared Goff was out last week. There's still questions as to whether he's going to play or even if he does play, how well is he going to play? How healthy, yeah. is, how healthy is he going to be? Um, the Seattle defense is not particularly good. I, I'm aware of that. Uh, I think they've played better uh, in the last half of the season than they did in the first half. So that's a good sign for them. But I just think – I think Russell Wilson, you know, is – he's a top-tier quarterback in the league. Um, his leadership is truly unbelievable. He can throw the ball wherever he wants to throw it, and he can escape with his legs and go wherever he wants. Uh, Chris Carson is a very, very underrated running back out of the backfield there. If they can get the run game going along with the play-action pass to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, I don't – the Rams have a very good defense. Uh, but if you see Seattle start to score, it's – I – I think the, the Seahawks can run away with it. Um, if Jared Goff's in the game, 
you know, I, I think the Rams can put up a fight. Uh, I just don't know how much I'm taking Seattle on this one. Uh, at home, you know, they're one of the teams that haven't had fans. Um, and usually that's one of the best atmospheres in the National Football League. Uh, it's sad to see that we won't see any fans there. But I'm taking Seattle. Uh, NFC West champs, I think they get past the Rams here in wildcard weekend. So now we'll move over to the AFC. We'll go with the first playoff game on the schedule out of all the playoff games. Uh, our good friend Brady Williams is buzzing about this one. Uh, rumor has it that Governor Cuomo is going to allow a few thousand fans in Orchard Park. I think it's 6,500. Yeah, it's like yep. a four row will have two people. <laughs> for the Buffalo Bills game as they host and welcome into town the Indianapolis Colts. Um, now, the Colts did not win the division uh, because the Titans won last week. So the Colts finished second. But regardless, they slid in. They needed help, and they got it from Buffalo, the team that they are playing. Buffalo beat Miami last week. It was a bloodbath. It looked really, really bad. Uh, The Dolphins got spanked and therefore knocked out of the playoff picture. All Indianapolis had to do was win, and, well, they played the Jaguars. So I think we all saw that coming. So now the Colts game than I think people thought it would be, but yeah. Yeah. So the Colts, the Colts uh, squeak into the playoffs there. And now they have a date with the second seed Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park and Josh Allen, who is probably the, what's the word I want to use here? Um, The quarterback that's playing well, very well right now. I should say. In form. He's in In, form. He's in playoff form. Yes. Um, and let, this is an interesting one, Mitch, because I, I look at these teams and the Buffalo offense is unbelievable. Josh Allen, his arm, I, I, he is one of the two strongest arms in the league. Uh, he can make the ball go wherever he wants. Stefan Diggs has been an absolute blessing to the Bills this year. I said it, you know, at the beginning, I was talking to uh, Brady before the season started and when they signed Diggs. And I said, that's literally the missing piece that Buffalo needed. Their defense last year was elite. It hasn't really been up to those standards this year, but it's still a good defense. They were just missing that one receiver, that that one go-to guy that Josh Allen can say, all right, I'm going to throw him the football, and I know he's going to catch it, you know, nine times out of ten. And Stephon Diggs has been an absolute blessing to them this year. Uh, and then you look at the Colts. Phillip Rivers still finding, you know, the offense, they have, they have arguably the best run game or one-two punch in the league. Yeah. Um, in Jonathan the heat Taylor time, rushed Jonathan for like Taylor. 700 yards last week. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, you know, you look at the run game, and, and if you can run the football and set up the play-action pass, and their receivers, you know, Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton has found his form here, uh, returning back to the old T.Y. Uh, this the second half of the season. And the Colts defense, we know what the Colts defense is. Uh, DeForest Buckner is one of the best defensive linemen in the game. Darius Leonard is one of the best linebackers in the game. They still have Justin Houston on the pass rush. Rocky Asin on the, in the, back in the secondary, Xavier Rhodes. This defense is good, very good. Colts have a top five defense in the league. Very well-balanced team, very well-coached team by Frank Reich. I just keep on talking because I think, this is, I think this is arguably the most even matchup that we have in round one. You know, the Colts are, are – I love all the AFC matchups record. I think yeah, they're the, far more fun than any of the NFC matchups. Yes, and I, I, think, I think if there's – I'm going to make my pick here first. I think the Bills win 
just because of how well Josh Allen is playing and he's already he's been in playoff form now for three to four weeks. I, I think they win, but I think this is a very close game because the Colts defense is very good. Uh, and, you know, we've only gotten to see Josh Allen in one playoff game, and that was last year they lost. Um, so I, I think, you know, I think the Bills win this one. I think it's a close one. I think uh, the Colts offense, you know, I think the run game, you know, keeps up with it. Uh, but I think ultimately the Bills win a close one. Uh, I would give a score prediction, but I'm just going to give a margin. I think they win this one by 10 or less. I think it'll be that close, um, in my opinion. I'm taking the Bills over the Colts in this one. Who do you got? Yeah, I think this is a super interesting matchup. Like I said, I love all the SC ones, but I think this one's kind of like a style matchup in that Buffalo's weakness all season has been they can't run the ball and they struggle to stop the run. And those are two things you need to be able to do against Indianapolis. I think on paper, Buffalo is just far and away the better team. Uh, give me Josh Allen over Phillip Rivers any day in the last five years, um, even when Josh was a, a college quarterback probably. But I think it's this is going to be a stylistic nightmare for the Bills coaching staff and a big test of what they can do in a big game. Uh, I think they're probably going to try to pass the ball a lot. I would be surprised if Josh Allen doesn't throw this the ball over 45 times. So I think it's going to be high scoring. I think Jonathan Taylor probably rattles off like a 45, 50 yard touchdown at some point. Um, I think the Colts are going to be leading late. Phillip Rivers are going to throw an interception. And I think the Bills are going to win by between three to seven points in a high scoring affair. So we both agree on that one, both taking the Bills in a close one against the Colts. I just think the Colts are a very well-balanced team. That's why I think they, they stand a very good chance going into Orchard Park. But ultimately, I think the Bills pull this one out. Mm -hmm. So we'll go to the second AFC matchup here. And I know you've been waiting for this one. Uh, your Baltimore Ravens heading to Nashville to take on the team that knocked them out last year in Baltimore. Yep. In the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry is, you know, rushing for 8,000 yards a game. It, it, it just seems like at this point. Um, I'll I'll let you go first and dive into this one because I know you've been waiting to get to this one. I, I have a feeling I know who you're going to take, uh, but but just give your thoughts on this matchup. I think just a little general public service announcement before this. I'm looking all over and everyone's picking the Ravens as they're like, ooh, this is like a good value betting team to win the Super Bowl. Like they're getting hot. Big Ravens fan. I, I do think we can win the Super Bowl, but where were the Ronnie Stanley? Everyone's forgetting that. So arguably our best player. Like if you Notre just Dame look, guy. if you take a yeah, true Notre Dame guy, if you look at him, grade guys on a one to a hundred Madden style scale, he's probably the highest ranked player on our team. He is the best at his position and it's a super valuable position. Orlando Brown Jr. slid over and that's great, but we're literally rotating right tackles. We're like, oh, okay, you go up for a couple reps. Okay. DJ Fluker, you go in. It's like, so it's kind of bad on the, on the offensive line compared to what we usually are. And I think buyer beware for people who are trying to predict the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Uh, we're still a very flawed team. Um, but I do think this game, as everyone probably knows, this isn't a hot take. This game is going to come down to Lamar Jackson. What can he do with his legs and his arm? Can, we're going to be losing at some point in this game, almost certainly. Can he make the throw? Find Marquise Brown, find Mark Andrews, rattle off a 65, 70-yard touchdown drive, and regain the lead. If Lamar can do that, I think we'll win this game. I think we then become a serious Super Bowl contender until we have to play the Chiefs. Um, but, yeah, I think 
I'm going to predict the Ravens to win, but this is really the Lamar Jackson game. And it's going to be the Lamar Jackson game until he proves people who say he can't win the playoffs wrong. Yeah. I, I, I failed to mention, you know, cause it's wild card weekend. The chiefs have the number one overall seed in the AFC and the Packers have the number one overall seed in the NFC. So they get first round buys. Uh, but back to this one, um, this might surprise you here, Mitch. I'm taking the Ravens. Uh, I think that's huge. That's huge. <laughs> I, I, I think it's just hard to, or hard not to at this point. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry and that offense for Tennessee is something else. I believe they were the number one scoring offense in the league um, up there with green Bay, but I just don't think the Titans defense is there. And when you're facing a Ravens team, that has been as hot as they have been. That's another thing too. It's all about timing. You have to get hot at the right time. And the Ravens have been hot at the, at the end of the season. And I think Lamar is more of a confidence quarterback than anyone else in the league. When he's going, he's going. I, I, they, and the scary thing about the Ravens is they up there with the Colts, they can run the ball whenever they want to, whether it's with Lamar, whether it's with Gus Edwards, whether it's with JK Dobbins, it doesn't matter. They can run the football. They can run the read option. And even when they don't, then, you know, those play actions, Lamar finds Mark Andrews, or of recent, you know, who I don't think is as good as a receiver as everybody thinks he is, Hollywood Brown. He's been finding those guys. And the Ravens... He doesn't drop it. Marquise, he's dropping a lot of balls these days. (laughs) It's... The the Ravens are scoring points. You know, the games I've looked at, the Ravens are putting up, you know, 35-plus. And now I know they played the Bengals last week, so it was 38-3, but... I think the Ravens are a more well-balanced team than the Titans. I, I think their defense is just Patrick Queen, you know, um, Calais Campbell, Matthew Judon, and Gakwe. I think their defense is a lot better than Tennessee's. And I think as if we're talking about well-balanced teams, like I just mentioned the Colts, I think the Ravens are right there with the Colts. And I think the Ravens go and avenge their, avenge their loss from last season when the Titans came to town to Baltimore and beat them Uh, I think Lamar gets his first playoff win and I think the Ravens move on out of this matchup I think it'll be a very good game the Titans are not going to go away they're going to score points even though the Ravens have a good defense Uh, they're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry they'll find A.J. Brown they'll find Corey Davis they'll find Jonu Smith but ultimately I think it's going to be the Ravens who come out on top like you said once Lamar's going it's hard to stop him Um, with his with his ability to run whenever he wants um him and Kyler are the two fastest quarterbacks in the league. I think the Ravens go to Nashville and get this one done. Uh, but I think it'll be a very close one. So we're both taking the Ravens in this one. And now we'll get to the last matchup here uh, in the playoffs with the Cleveland I didn't even Browns. know there was more playoff teams. I yeah. thought we were done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what, you know, Cleveland Browns making their first playoff appearance appearance since 2002. And the way they did it, beating their daddy, essentially, at home and the Pittsburgh Steelers, basically their B team, I think it's fair to say, uh, with Mason Rudolph at the helm, without Marquise Pouncey, without TJ Watt, without Cam Hayward, without Joe Hayden, uh, I, by two points, I, I was actually pleased with the Steelers uh, on Sunday. I'd have You're to picking say the Browns to win this playoff game. I can tell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now without Kevin Stavansky, their head coach, <laughs> um, due to COVID-19, um, Olivier Vernon is out with an injury. 
Um, and they have their special teams coordinator now taking over the uh, reins, heading to Heinz Field to face a fully rested T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, we're waiting to see on Joe Hayden here because he was in the COVID protocols as well. Uh, he might miss the first game, I believe. Uh, Terrell Edmonds was also injured. Uh, he could come back. But we'll see. I, I, I you know, <laughs> I laugh at this matchup because that's pretty much all I can do. Uh, the Browns made T-shirts. The only team in history I've ever seen that, have, that made T-shirts to celebrate them going to playoffs. Not winning the division, not, not winning the AFC North, not winning the conference, not winning the AFC, and certainly not winning the Super Bowl. You know, those all legitimate reasons, you know, you see these teams in the locker room wear the hats and, and you know, the shirts. The brown shirts, a playoff pound. You know, I have, while I admit that's clever, I do like that. Good pun. It's a good pun. I, I, I'm a big pun guy. But while I do like that, it, it's unheard of. Mitch, have you have you ever seen a team make a T-shirt solely for making the playoffs? I think maybe like my rep uh, soccer team when I was seven years old. Uh, <laughs> nothing before that. Yeah, I mean, the it, it, it I don't know. I don't, can I, I? I might as well just say I'm just gonna. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna pick the Steelers. I don't think it's whoa, oh, surprising. I, it's, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think that that was in question at all. Uh, I, I'm hoping what, – what I'm hoping – here's what I'm hoping out of the Steelers for this game. We know the defense will play fine. They'll be, they'll be absolutely fine. Baker Mayfield will – you know, he'll get the chills, you know, with T.J. Watt coming off of one side. And Alex Highsmith has actually been playing very well for them off of the other end, replacing Bud Dupree. Um, the Steelers' pass rush is unbelievable. Their defense is unbelievable. Um, what I'm looking – to see is the Steelers offense uh Big Ben having a week off you know we saw Randy Fickner maybe use that Browns game as an opportunity you want what have the Steelers not done this year it's throw the football more than 10 yards on any given play or run the football uh we saw James Conner with some nice runs in that Cleveland game we saw Mason Rudolph take shots down the field and eventually you know that uh, watching the game and hearing the announcers say if you take enough of these shots with these receivers, eventually they are going to win some of these one-on-one matchups and get big chunk plays. We saw that to Deontay Johnson. We saw that touchdown pass to Chase Claypool, you know, whether it was 30 or 40 yards. That's what the Steelers need to do. We saw it in the second half of the Colts game two weeks ago. The Steelers were down 24-7, and they came, back, they came back in the second half, and Big Ben started with the bomb to the Deontay Johnson down the field for the touchdown. When the Steelers throw the football, you know, when they it took them how many weeks to figure it out, but when you throw the football more than 10 yards down the field and stop doing your little dinky screen passes that Randy Fickner likes to do, they can these receivers, now I know they lead the league in drops. I get that. But these receivers, like the Chase Claypools, like the Deontay Johnsons with the speed, like the James Washingtons, you know, Juju obviously is Juju, but they can win these one-on-one matchups. And I think if you, if you look down the field, I think Fickner has to use this game. Obviously, you want to win the football game, and you need to win the football game or else the season's over. But I think, you know, if you're either up comfortably or you're confident in your game plan, you have to take shots down the field. It, it, you're playing the same team that you played last week when it worked. Uh, you banged upset. Denzel Ward was out. With the, he was on the COVID list. 
So I think if the Steelers, I think they have to use this game in order to, or to do that, in order to be ready to go to, you know, Buffalo to face the Bills or to host the Colts again, because if, they, if the Colts would win and the Steelers would end up hosting the Colts again, Lord knows what could happen in that would game. Would the Colts not play the Chiefs then? Then the Colts, yes, you're, yes, yeah, you're yeah. correct. Yeah, 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 because they are the lowest seed. So they play the Ravens. So they play the Ravens. Okay, yeah, yeah. And you're going to have to keep up in that chess match. So I, I think they have to use this game. They, you need to win the football game, but they also need to do what they did the last two weeks and throw the football down the field more than 10 yards. Let your receivers go up and make plays. It's not going to work every single time. I get that. And I also think that they need to continue to try and run the football, get James Conner established. You know, if he's not hurt, he's a solid back. He's not great, but he's solid. He'll get you, you know, four to five yards. And he'll, he'll fight for every single yard, which is what I like about him. But I th- the Steelers win this game. I don't think it's really in question. I hope that doesn't come back to haunt me next week. Uh, but I, I think they take care of business at home against the Browns, and then they await. Who knows? You know, I'm predicting that they're going to go to Buffalo after this. Um, but who knows? We'll see. Maybe they'll host the Ravens or the Titans. No. Yeah. It, it would, it would, there's a lot of different playoff scenarios of who could go where. Um, but I, I think the Steelers get it done. I'm done with my rant now. I, I go on way too long sometimes. I'll be interested to see here if you actually take the Browns or, you know, we'll see. I took the Ravens. It could surprise me. I... I'm not going to surprise you. <laughs> I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns. Oh but and it's only like 65% a fandom pick. I think the Steelers are a very limited team this year, kind of for the what you just overlaid in a much more in-depth uh, yeah. way than I was yeah. going to. Um, I think they, they struggle to pass the ball down the deep. Whether or not that's a, a Ben Roethlisberger thing or a game plan thing, uh, you probably know better than I. But and, I, and they struggle to run the ball once again. Hard to tell whether or not that's a game plan thing or a, a talent thing. And those that basically means they're not built to play from behind, even though they've had some good comebacks this year, and they're not built to play from ahead. This Steelers team is basically built to win close games, which is good. That's what you need to do to win the Super Bowl. But it also means you're going to put yourself in situations against teams you're better than to lose. And I think... I'm as big of an anti-Baker guy as there kind of is. I think his rookie season was so overhyped and it's kind of, he's shown that, but he's a competent quarterback. He is an NFL quarterback for sure. He's not Johnny Manziel. Um, And so if you give Baker a chance at the end of the game to Baker and Nick Chubb drive down the field and take a lead, that's going to be an issue. So I think the Steelers are the better team. I will, I don't think anyone's going to argue that, but I think they're going to put themselves in a situation to lose this game. And then it's just, the ball is then in Baker's court to see what he does with it. That's the one thing that that's definitely the number one thing that scares me about the Browns is, is the run game. I, I think in my personal opinion, I think they have the best one, two punch. Um, I think Hines and Taylor are right behind that, but I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are the best one, two punch backfield in the game right now. And the Browns can run the football whenever they want to. Uh, obviously the Steelers, as I mentioned with the great defense, but you can only do so much to Nick Chubb. You know, he's, he's a workhorse. Uh, and Kareem Hunt can do it all out of the backfield as well. So that is the one area that concerns me with the Browns is their run game. If they can establish the run, that could pose some problems. So we're going to we'll, – we'll, I'll read off the picks here just so uh, everybody keeps yeah, it on. So, put them right into the record so we can't change them. So we can't change them. So in the Bears-Saints matchup, Mitch and I both choosing the Saints in that one. Ravens-Titans, 
both taking the Ravens. Bills, Colts, both took the Colts. Rams, Seahawks, Mitch took the Rams. We both I took, took the Bills. We took, both took the Bills. You said we both took Oh, yeah. Bills. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, we both both took the Bills. Sorry about that one. <laughs> I was going to say, what happened? I must have blacked yeah, no. out for that one. <laughs> we both took the Bills. Sorry. Rams, Seahawks, Mitch took the Rams. I took the Seahawks. Browns, Steelers, I took the Steelers. Mitch took the Browns. And the Bucks football team matchup, we both took the Bucks. So those are our playoff picks here. Um, we'll close out the show, Mitch. Any final thoughts uh, from you? I got uh, one, one thing I want to touch on here. Today is Wednesday. Mark's exactly one week. We are one week away from the return of the NHL and the season. And, and who better to kick off the NHL season than the best rivalry in the NHL uh, the Battle of Pennsylvania, the Penguins, and the Flyers. 5.30 p.m. Eastern time next Wednesday. I'll miss it, but I'll DVR it and I'll watch it when I get home. Uh, that'll be an interesting one. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm sure you are, too. To Joe just Thornton, get... first line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. What's not to be excited about? Okay. Uh, That's, it might not be good. That could be a terrible line, but it will for sure be fun. That's, that's my final thought. NHL starts back up here a week from today what do you got yeah that's as it's, it's coming up so fast hockey is back which means the sports calendar is back we're gonna have basketball football hockey everything going on at once we're just back in a big way 2020 is over covid soon to be over sports is back we're returning to normalcy thank the lord uh or else we wouldn't be able to have this show yeah exactly we'd just be sitting here talking about how the ravens are gonna win uh, someday when when football comes <laughs> so that wraps it up for this show here the sin bin on the uh, sin bin podcast on the sports fluent podcast network uh hope you guys all had a are, had a wonderful wonderful start to your new year here in 2021 we're hoping it's better than 2020 which is not hard to do uh as always he's mitch bannon from toronto ontario i'm joe trentley from harrisburg pennsylvania and we will see you guys next week on the Sinbin Podcast.